1: At this time in our culture, we're recording this in the fall of 2017. We're going through a type of awakening in our public discourse about being female. (laughs) Brought to the surface is a power struggle that most women have almost come to normalize. That all too often victimization and vulnerability of being a female in our culture, especially in the workplace where gender politics and power plays can, can really showcase the darker side of our humanness. But today, with my guest, Lisa Schrader, we want to turn our focus further down the path of awakening. One that moves women from powerlessness to empowerment. A feminine power that is innate, ancient, divine, and even mystical. A power that not only heals the woman by encompassing her body, her heart, her soul, but also serves the greater good. Lisa Schrader is the founder of Awakening Shakti, a workshop leader, author, speaker, and coach. Her work has been featured on Oprah and Oxygen. She is a graduate of UCLA and a faculty member of the SHIFT Network, where she also hosts the annual Shakti Summit global event. She is the author of Kama Sutra 52 and the ebook, Getting Started with Tantra. Join us for the next hour as we explore Awakening Shakti with our guest, Lisa Schrader. I'm Ray Palermo. I'll be your host. Welcome to New Dimensions. Lisa, so good to have you here.
2: Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here, Ray.
1: I'm curious how did you come to dive into this kind of discourse? This talking about sensual feminine power, tell me, how did this begin?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so this isn't normally the kind of thing that you go get a degree at from your university. And it's certainly not the university that I went to. Um, But life, you know, has this funny way of happening when you make other plans. And what really was the beginning of my own awakening in this domain was uh, tragedy, which is true, I think, for a lot of us. And it was the loss of a pregnancy. It was my second pregnancy after the birth of my daughter. And it was the first time that my winning strategies of doing all the right things and exercising, and, you know, of course I would have a healthy second baby. I had a healthy first baby. Um, it was this wake up call where I realized I wasn't in control. You know, I really wasn't in control. And the, the, the heartbreak of that, not the not being in control part, but the heartbreak of losing the baby. I really, really wanted more children. And then there was a second miscarriage a few years later, almost as if I couldn't quite get all the lessons I needed to get from the first one. And that one happened at the millennium. So I like to think of that as my own Y2K meltdown. And so much of what arose for me after that was a reorientation of my identity. So I wasn't going to be chasing a bunch of toddlers around um, in my identity as a mother anymore. That plan was obviously changing, but it was also this uh, moment where my my husband, I Fond of calling him now. I'm still, we're still dear good friends. But my husband at the time and I decided it was time to look at our sexuality not for procreation, but instead for something else, for deepening. And for us in particular, we were curious about the spiritual aspects of our sexuality. So um, it was a, a recommitment to actually at the millennium um, uh, to really explore sexuality in a new way. And that was the beginning of this path for me. And what I brought to the path was actually a broken heart. And I feel like that's part of it because what happened in the the breaking open of my heart there was this profound love. You know, we grieve that which we love. And my capacity to feel as a woman so what got awakened was a new context around my sexuality that I began to explore, a more open-heartedness, my my uh, going back and feeling feelings I hadn't felt in a long, long time, and kind of stepping off this overachiever. I can make anything happen. You know, I was a good post-feminist daughter and starting to really listen more, more deeply, listening to my body, listening to my heart. And listening to spirit, what do you want for me? What what would you have me do? You don't, you know. What what's this mothering that I so need to do in the world going to look like? And what a blessing that I still feel like I bring that mothering energy to the conversation. But who knew that it wasn't going to be mothering biological children? It was going to be maybe we could say mothering this this. Um, question about what it means to awaken ourselves, awaken our Shakti, our divine feminine life force energy, and to literally mother my sisters, if you will, on this path of coming more into our wholeness.
1: This is an ancient power that you talk about, Shakti. Yes. And I think for many of us, it's an unknown understanding. How do you demystify and make shakti tangible for the
2: modern woman? It's a great question, because this word itself can be a little off-putting for people, right? So uh, what does that mean? You know, it's it comes from India. It's steeped in, in thousands and thousands of years of tradition. And we can kind of maybe like we used to do with yoga or meditation, we can kind of push that away as foreign or strange or not me. That's not really relevant to me as a modern day woman. Um, so let's just look at different words. For me, that word carries like many Sanskrit words do its own frequency and energy, right? So it has that energy for me of curiosity and awakening and something much, much bigger than, than me, Lisa and her limited egoic context of the world. So for me, it's a calling forth, but what I would say to women and men for that matter who are listening that are curious about this, what is Shakti to think about our life force energy. So we might call it even our higher intelligence, the part of us that knows, wow, if I, for example, reach for the green tea this morning, there's an intelligence in that in my body that would actually serve me better than having another cup of coffee. You know, for example, you could say that that's a way of aligning with my Shakti on a very basic level. Um, You could call it prana or breath. Like, what are we taking in? What are we alchemizing? Um, And Shakti is very feminine in nature. So it really connects us with earth, with the mother, with our divine feminine aspects and principles. And... It is the, of course, marriage of the feminine and the masculine, or we could say the, sh- the Shakti with the Shiva, Shiva meaning the masculine, the presence. And when those two come together, we create life. Well, obviously, we can create biological life. But what we're really saying here is that Shiva presence is inside of that presence, we bring Shakti. She's the dynamic energy. She's the one who's dancing and in life and she's bleeding and she's crying and she's um, taking care of the children and she's making the flowers bloom and she's composting the dead and the the decaying. She's, She's that feminine life force energy that's engaged in life and This is the marriage that makes everything happen inside of us, right? So we could think of it that way too. Our Shakti is this feminine life force energy that married with our our well-honed masculine skills, for example, really creates new life, whether that's a biological child or whether it's a project or whether it's a new business or a painting or an amazing pot of soup Right? It's this, it's creative life force energy.
1: So take me back. Can you remember what it felt like to waken this energy in your body? Because I, I kind of like to take it down to like the physical, right? Monday morning, physical. What did it feel like to, to kind of recognize this energy awakening? You were saying you were coming from such a difficult experience. Do you, do you recall what that felt like? To recognize that there was something
2: more going on than what you had known? So I, to take it into Monday morning reality, for me, what makes sense is to bring it right here, right now. And so... What I want to say about that is yes, certainly in my own awakening and as I began to study and explore and, you know, my partner and I made this commitment to explore what does it mean to take our sexuality out of sort of you know, the humdrum way that we'd always done it because we've been married for many, many years into the curiosity and the possibility of presence together, the of seeing the God and the goddess in each other. There's certainly a lot that started opening up there. But what I want to say about this is that what we're talking about, it's already inside of us. Like there's so... It's we're so programmed in our more hyper masculine way of dealing with things to say, What do I need to study? Or how do I, how can I improve myself? Or obviously, I don't have this. I need to go get it somewhere. And it's not that the practicing and, and listening to teachers and all of that isn't important and having a good coach who can support you. That's all important. But when we take it outside of ourselves, that is part of you could say the disease. That we're all suffering from this. What I'm talking about, whether we call it shakti or life force energy, or or love, or pleasure, or being connected to our body or the earth or sensuality, this life force, it's already who we are. You know, you just spend a little time with children; it's they're constantly engaged in life in that way. And so Monday morning reality is to take a breath right now, wherever you are, if my voice is touching you right now, and literally feel the breath going into your body and coming out of your body. Bring your sensuality out of some concept of the bedroom and into the moment. What are you seeing right now? You know, I'm seeing the sparkle in your eyes right now. You know, reflecting from the lights around here. What are we what are we feeling in the body? You know, I'm feeling my feet on this lovely Persian rug. What are we smelling, sensing? You know, what are we tasting? These are ways that the senses are the gateway, guide us into presence, which is where we would say we could find God or Goddess or all of the possibilities of what it is that we really want to manifest and who we really are. And that's right here, right now. And that's gorgeous.
1: I'm here with Lisa Schrader, the founder of Awakening Shakti and the author of the ebook Getting Started with Tantra. If you want to know more about the work of Lisa Schrader, go to the website AwakeningShakti.com or you can get to it through the New Dimensions website, NewDimensions.org. I'm Ray Palermo, and you're listening to New Dimensions. I'm here with Lisa Schrader, the founder of Awakening Shakti. Lisa, it sounds like what we're really talking about is finding balance Mm. between these energies. Mm. And it sounds like to me that what's going on and what we're seeing in the larger sort of public discourse is an out of balance Mm -hmm. of power. Mm -hmm. And I know that we, you know, that we see that there's a certain um, masculine, I should say, or patriarchal way of being in the world Mm -hmm. that many women have adopted as the right way. Mm. When you do the work that you do, how do you help women find the balance of their own process and how they are in the world compared to what they've been taught?
2: Mm. That's, that's the nutshell right there. That's it, right? Because we first of all just have to recognize the world that we're in and that we have learned to be successful in that world. And bravo, you know, it's so exciting, right, to see uh, women more active in government in every aspect of life and feminine principles coming forward more and more but we still have you know radical gender e- inequality we still have you know the recent statistic was one in every 3 women will be sexually abused in her life or raped now with the me too culture we're seeing women saying oh i've had an experience like that i don't even know what that statistic is it seems to me it's just about every woman right so we're we're seeing like wow this is the world that we're in wonderful that we're speaking up about it we're starting to speak up about it what's what's really happening of course is this whole dissolution of the the more masculine structures that have been in place for a long long time that are no longer serving anybody and in fact no longer serving life Right, this this um, way of of extracting what we want or taking what we want from the earth. Um, it, we, we all can look at that aspect inside of ourselves, whether we're in a gender female or gender male body, right? This, this taking of life, maybe rather than honoring life or honoring the seasons of life. And in our bottom line, business-oriented culture, we're, I heard a, a, in a coaching online coaching conference the other day, somebody say, we're in the Google apocalypse, google apocalypse we're getting bombarded with so much information, right? And we're so distracted. And we're told produce, 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 produce. We got to make more money. We got to do this. We're like completely in this like crazy consumer taking, eating, trying to cope with the intensity of the life that's out there. So wow, we just need to have a lot of compassion for how we work with that. Now, what I'm uh, expert at speaking about is my own experience with that and what I think women are experiencing in our female bodies, right? We need doses of oxytocin, the tending and the befriending hormones, to counteract the cortisol. Right of living in the kind of intensity that many of us are living in and trying to cope with that. So we need that feeling. How do we feel oxytocin? When we feel supported, when we feel our hearts opening, when we feel loved, when we feel sensual, when we feel like we have space and we can slow down. So back to the question of balance. We don't want to throw out All of the great, you know, masculine qualities that we have of penetrating life with our ideas or our vision or our mission or being able to stay on task and stay focused, right? We need the banks of the river to hold the feminine flow, which is sometimes eddying out and sometimes going over boulders and sometimes in rapids of, who knows, grief or rage and sometimes in stillness, right? We need... All of that working together, and that's what we're reclaiming. It's it's about weaving. Tantra means weaving. So when we think about balance, I think we get into trouble. We, I know I do. I go into more of my masculine thinking around that. Like, well, I just need to like go have my pedicure because that'll give me an hour of this and that'll counteract, you know, the super busy workday that I have. And we we're trying to sort of get the pieces all to be equal on a scale. Of some kind, it's not like that. Well, I don't know. That doesn't work for me. Ask yourself, Like, right? I mean, it just throws me more into the, the duality of I'm trying really hard, now I'm relaxing really hard, or I'm working really hard, and then I'm like... Forget it. I'm just gonna go play now, and I'm gonna not be responsible, and I'm not gonna do the things I know I need to do for my life. We just end up going back and forth, and all that craziness, right? I oh no, I'm not gonna eat that piece of chocolate cake okay, because that's not good for me. Oh, but it's gluten free cake. Okay, I'm gonna have a bite. Okay, I'm just gonna eat the whole thing, right? I mean, just all these ways you go back and forth. So we ah, we need an opportunity to think about the weaving together, right? And the thing is, we don't believe. I don't think you got to ask yourself this. Do I actually believe in the power of my own feminine? Do I believe in the power of the stillness of pleasure as a guide? Or am I feeling suspicious of pleasure? Do I do I do I honor for example Maybe my vulnerability, the fullness of my emotions, how they are. Or do I think I need to push those aside because they're getting in the way of my productivity? When we start weaving it back together in our own way, like it's not all about following some formula, but what is my soft animal body as Mary Oliver offered us in her beautiful poem. What does my soft animal body love? Can I let the soft animal body of me love what it loves? Does it need rest? Does it need nourishment? Does it need to feel its feelings? Does it need pleasure? And that when we start to weave that back in with our masculine power, then we have something that's actually beyond balance. It's about, I don't even know, what do we call that? Integrated power, rootedness, groundedness. It's a new orientation. And I would just offer that most of us women, men too, but I'm going to speak more to the women because that's what I do. We just don't realize how taxing it is, what the, the kind of power we're leaving, if you could call it on the table, because we don't know how to honor what I would call our own Shakti. And we need
1: support with that and it is, I think, what you're saying, a legitimization of that power and a recognizing. Because yeah. when you yeah. talk about, I mean, we have all been so trained to be in that penetrating, mm-hmm. you know, patriarchal, this is linear thinking. Right. When you talk about this Shakti feminine energy and looking to pleasure and desire as elements in creativity and production, right. that kind of blows the whole system up and reconfigures it to honor what I think many of us have always felt that we're wrong in having desires and emotions and the need for pleasure. But
2: really... It's not that we're wrong. It's just, it's been missing. It's been missing. It's been devalued. Um, it's It's been judged. And, you know, the, I love that we're talking about these aspects of Shakti, but Shakti is really she who cannot be contained. You know, she's so big. And we can feel this just in the earth herself, right? Like, wow, look at this ecosystem that we're living in. It's, it's, it's such big energy and the opportunity... I think for all of us is just to cut, bring it back into your own felt experience. You know, I am an entrepreneur. I am a mother. Um, I have a huge network of community. I am a daughter. Um, so I have lots of roles. We all have lots of roles. I'm also very committed to walking this path as both a teacher and a student of what it means to awaken Shakti. So, on a Monday morning, I have the same question of, you know, there's a laundry list of to-do's that need to get done, right? There's ways I'm serving my clients and my community. And how am I going to get all that stuff done, right? And and how? what's the most effective way for me to do that? Now, sometimes I flip into my more traditional masculine mode and i'll be like on my little workaholic train for a while and i'll forget to eat or drink water or take a pee break and you know that can be exciting and fun there can be something beautiful about that energy now if i am doing that consistently for example particularly in a job that i don't love where i'm not feeling supported where i'm i'm trying to live that way and then i'm going home and i'm also taking care of all the domestic chores in my home or my family and i'm not getting Resourced, then that is ultimately not going to be sustainable. Look look what's happening to the earth right now. We have so many examples of this. So it's this question of asking, okay, well, how does that need to move for you? So, like in my particular world, just to make it real again, I know I need space in my mornings. And so I don't schedule business or clients and or talking to really anybody until about ten o'clock in the morning if I am able to, because that is my time to do my own meditation practice, to to nourish my body, maybe to go to a yoga class. or honestly, to putter around my space and water plants and wash the dishes or, You know, do my laundry, whatever needs to be done. That's all part of my creativity, right? And that's just one way I'm doing more blending and weaving in a way that makes my life more sustainable and I ultimately believe feeds my prosperity, feeds my creativity. If we can just trust that. That's the key. We need to trust it.
1: That's it right there. And
2: practice it and see if it's true for you. Yes. Because it sounds to me that what you're
1: talking about is giving yourself permission to empower what works for you, regardless of what the greater society is telling you what's right. Because for most of us who've been on the corporate, you know, I want to call patriarchal cycle... Mm -hmm. 10 o'clock. I mean, that's That's shameful. (laughs)
2: Let's talk about shame. I love it. shameful. See, it's been so long, I forgot that. (laughs) Thank you for reminding me, but you're right. Okay, so let's talk about shame for a minute. Let's talk about shame. Okay, because that's a really important piece, I believe. And it's a big topic, right? So we're not going to cover it all right here. But shame can either be ours this is from Carla McLaren's beautiful work on the language of emotions. It can be hours helping us guide where we're going. Like, do I, do I, can I actually fund my life in a way that starting at 10 o'clock could work for me? I didn't start off that way. By the way, that took years of figuring out. So shame can be helping us guide. Is this really true? Or am I just feeding my ego apart? That's like, I just don't feel like working today. Or is shame coming from the outside? what she would call applied shame, which is we are plugged in to a storyline, a narrative that is absolutely destructive and not our truth, and it doesn't even belong to us. And what are we deliberately going to choose? Yes, because our health
1: and our whole being is at stake.
2: And I would say the whole planet, Ray, is at stake.
1: I'm here with Lisa Schrader founder of Awakening Shakti and the author of the ebook Getting Started with Tantra. If you want to know more about the work of Lisa Schrader, go to the website AwakeningShakti.com or check out her podcast, or you can get to it through the New Dimensions website, NewDimensions.org. I'm Ray Palermo, and you're listening to New Dimensions. I'm here with Lisa Schrader, the founder of Awakening Shakti. Lisa, mm-hmm. you threw out a word in our last segment that we just cannot let float by because it was <laughs> provocative.
2: Oh dear, what did I say? You said the word <laughs> resourced. Oh, I love that word. Please demystify. <laughs> ah, resource. So yeah, I've been in this inquiry about what does it mean to be a resourced woman and I think it's coming up for me because we are in a moment that it's so easy to get pretty absorbed with the lack. I mean, for a lot of us, it's just such an anxious time to be alive. You know, a a lot of us, and I would imagine a lot of the listeners here, we know we're here for a reason or a purpose, or we might, you might even say we incarnated to be, you know, in this moment on the planet where things seem to be. Evolving so rapidly that nobody knows exactly what's going on. I've heard this acronym VUCA that we're living in a VUCA world, which stands for volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. And when I heard that, I was like, yeah, that kind of sums it up, doesn't it? (sighs) There's a lot of question about if so, for me, that question comes back to where are we being sourced and that even has for me to do with what am i here to do and you know it can be so overwhelming right now to look at at the need on the planet you know the environmental destruction the um the racism the social inequality i mean the violence that's happening all over the place it can and we're getting fed such a steady stream of that, you know, through our social media channels or through the news and we're in one global world right now. So we instantly know about these things. I don't think that our nervous systems are anywhere near capable yet of even understanding the impact of living like that. And then we have this question of, well, where do we move and where do we find our own resources And that, I think, is a super important question. So for me, at least in my Shakti teachings, the three places I go for source or for resource are my body, my connection. You could think of it like the tree. It's like the tree of life for me. So there's the root system. Am I grounded? Am I centered? How's my foundation? What are my daily habits that I'm doing that support me? Am I taking care of my body? Am I giving it rest? Am I feeding it? Am I giving it stillness? Like all those kind of root system questions, right? Am I spending time in the dark? The roots live in the dark, in my shadow, You know, in the parts of me that I don't like and the parts of me that are getting composted. Right? Like there's so there's a whole piece here around sort of our roots. And then we have the trunk of our tree for me, that brings me into the trunk of me, which is where my heart lives. And so another resource for me. You know that bottom, when I think of the roots, is the body. This one for me, is about the heart. Love, I mean, we know this from all of the folks at Heart Math and other people who are doing research on the heart heart right now. The electromagnetic field of our heart is is so much greater. I can't remember how many times greater. I think it's ten times as great as the electromagnetic field of our brains. I mean, we are crazy. Right. If if we are only thinking all of the time, and in that you know mindless place, um, just heard a beautiful podcast by Ellen Langer. She says we're either in mindless or mindful. But we we want to resonate more in the heart space. We want to access that energy of the heart, find the coherence, the resonance there. So that means we got to feel our feelings. We got to trust our heart we got to see where's the heart leading us we need to have kindness and compassion this is part of our resource part of our shakti and then we have the branches right of the tree that reach out and I think of that for me as source kind of big ass source the spirit the sacred the realm of what's full of beauty as soul medicine for us Um, the energy of our sexuality you know, the the light of our capacity to have pleasure and orgasm on that level when we link it with love, that is evolutionary in our physical bodies. If we remember that and we can embrace our sexuality, take it out of shame and start to work with it that way. These are all ways for me that connect me with the sacred or the spirit. So it's really these three pieces that for me. Where I go for resource, I am offering them to all of you that are listening. If they serve you, please use them. But be even more importantly in the inquiry of where you find resource so that you can plug in, so that you can move towards the social activism, for example, to, you know, get yourself in action towards these things that are breaking your heart about the world, to... Be in your tribe, in your family, in your community in a way that creates more love. We need so much more of that. And plugged into source, whatever that means for you in terms of the sacred or the divine or your own meditation practice or your the way you go into presence. These are resources that don't have to do with how much money you have or how, what your education is. Right? We could argue that people who are not in the westernized world and not plugged in to media all the time are already living these. Like our indigenous peoples of the world, they get this. So it's really about waking up to that, waking up to who we already are. I love that.
1: You talk a lot in your work about self-love. And I feel mm. like that term has been so overused and so um, sort of pop psychology. Mm. What do you think about when you talk about self-love and that part of being resourced mm. by that inner guidance? I I just
2: love to hear you talk about that. It's such a lovely question because to me, I <laughs> think it's, no pun intended, right to the heart of the matter. Right to the heart of the matter right there. You know, I mean, it just makes me weep because that's, um, that's the whole tree maybe, right? Like that's the roots and the trunk and the branches of the tree. And we can get lost, I would say, more in the shadow aspects of that, and that can move us maybe you might say more into selfishness, like it's all about me or, you know, more narcissistic patterns or I'm just trying to, or being, you know, in endless, endless, you know, hours of therapy Self-help. trying to understand my wounding, right? I mean, there's right. certainly shadow aspects of that, but there are also gifts of that. And the more that we know ourselves and that we we really do take the time or the energy to love these you know these children if you will these parts of ourselves that are crying out for attention or love or just your presence then they then we can start integrating those more right and then that moves us into more the capacity to love others of course right we we and then to ultimately into that maybe more altruistic or higher frequencies of love where we're receiving so much of it, right? I mean, to me, this another, you could, another word for this would be ecstasy, that we can't but help but, but give it away. You don't need to cling to it anymore because you're plugged into the source of it and you have overflow to give, right? It's not about, we've just been working so hard, right? We've been trying, 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 trying so hard. And then we keep giving and keep giving and keep giving, which is actually more aligned with our masculine energy. That comes as a shock to a lot of people. That's, you know, the give to give is to, is to sort of penetrate. And I want to do for you, it's a doing energy in our deep and sacred feminine, we are receiving, We are the receivers, right? Just like this womb receives a drop of uh, sperm and creates an entire life out of that, like just by receiving, by getting out of the way and letting life come through us for, for all of us, even if we don't have a womb, we all have access to this frequency of the sacred feminine, this deep receptivity. And ultimately, that's about love. Yes. It always comes back to love. So it whether we call it self-love, or we're on our journey to figure that out, or we're 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 working on ourselves, we're building up the vessel so that there's some overflow, or we're really starting to overflow it from in a way that's sustainable, right? Where we're giving from that, not pushing and giving from exhaustion. And like these are just all these distinctions we get to we get to if we want to to start. Welcoming in, not to figure out, not to master even, but just to trust that they're working on us and that they're already there. Like, even in talking to you, I can feel whatever we want to call the Shakti or the energy that's just doing the rewiring right here. And what a blessing. Thank you. You know that we could create some kind of space for that to come through. And it's in all of us. It's everywhere. There's so much good in the world. There's so much good out there.
1: It feels like we're moving from a small s self to yes. a large to a capital L self, which yes. is the the wholeness. Because I often think, here we are, you know, spinning on this blue marble in the middle of this universe, and all of the planets are in perfect proximity, and we think we're just it.
2: Exactly. <laughs> There's a great frame right there, it's right? Comical. Yeah. How big is it, really?
1: Yeah, and tapping yeah. into that resource, yeah. and it's not yeah religiosity it's not fundamentalism it's not it's mm-hmm. it's way beyond even maybe a language that we've learned
0: mm-hmm. so
1: far in our evolution is that what you teach is that is that the kind of journey that you construct for people who engage your events and is that what it's about
2: yeah i would say for me what my my sweet spot is is to really help a woman. And at the beginning, it might just be this reframe, like just some new ideas that go like, oh, wow. And then I think there's a a process of kind of, of disbelief Andrew Harvey has this beautiful sort of blueprint for us in the hope. This beautiful book, the hope, you know, and he talks a, a, about this, where we're first we're kind of in denial. Like it can't be that bad. I can't. I can't be that stressed out. I can't be that exhausted, right? I, even though I'm not feeling sex, sexy at all anymore, I don't have any access to my sexual energy. That's okay. That's just what happens when you get older. Like we all these elaborate mechanisms of denial we go into and. Okay, once we start to go, maybe that's actually not the case, then we're in this sort of reckoning with, oh, my gosh, if I've believed that, and I've been making all these choices, whoa, like, am I the author of my life? Am I being the creator here? It's kind of shocking. And then we can, you know, with some support and some coaching, or, you know, our tribes of women, or however we're going to go about this, we can start to do some practicing, Like, okay, well, I want to actually start moving in this direction or that direction. So what are some specific things I can do today, you know, to start working towards that? And then eventually we keep doing that and we start to get traction and we start to feel it and then we can support others.
1: I'm here with Lisa Schrader, founder of Awakening Shakti and the author of the ebook, Getting Started with Tantra. If you want to know more about the work of Lisa Schrader, go to the website AwakeningShakti.com or check out her podcast. You can also get it through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Ray Palermo, and you're listening to New Dimensions. I'm here with Lisa Schrader, founder of Awakening Shakti. Lisa, you know, I, I can't help but but want to go into another direction in, in what we're talking about with gender mm. and identification and masculine and feminine. And I'd recently had read a uh, a statistic that kind of blew my mind. It was at 40% of people under the age of 25 are no longer identifying either completely heterosexual or completely homosexual. Mm-hmm. And it feels to me and I think few of us can deny that we're moving into a fluidity of gender and identification. How do you feel that that kind of envelops what you're talking about with this balanced shakti energy? Does it feel on course with what you're talking about or is it something completely other that we're that we're in, embarking on.
2: Uh, I think, first of all, that's a fascinating statistic, and second, it's of course, it's definitely right on course, right? It's 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 uh, it's evolution <laughs> <laughs> happening, right? Just like we had. Um, you know, we might say in the 1950s that in the domain of relationship, we had dependency relationships, right? The Typically, obviously the male had, the male in the dynamic had the power. The female in the dynamic was in the domestic realm, had power in the home, but not necessarily economic power, right? Then we had the feminist revolution where we went back kind of more to equality. Let's start exploring equality. Women don't have to stay home anymore. Men don't have have to go to work, right? And we started exploring that, and you know now we're in a new evolution <laughs> where it, equality is not so sexy. It, you know, it's 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 there's passion between the opposites. Whether we call that masculine or feminine or whatever the opposites are, there's you know that's what a magnetic pole does. It it attracts its opposites. So there's juice, there's shakti inside of that. What's fascinating to me about this particular evolution that you're asking, you're you're speaking to. First of all, I think we should distinguish at least on in this statistic you offered. We're talking about our our young generation not identifying with either being heterosexual or homosexual. Um, I'd be curious how many of them are identifying as bisexual. So that has to do with who turns us on really, I think, and as I understand it, you know am I naturally as a female animal attracted to a male animal? or am I naturally attracted to some other kind of animal? So that has to do with you know, what 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 is that, you know juice, passion, sexual energy that we have want to go play with. And then we have this whole other conversation happening about our gender, right? Do I feel like I am female? And you know the or male and and just you know these brave brave souls I have to say who are incarnating and waking up and saying You know, just because I have this kind of genitalia, that doesn't mean I'm supposed to have sexual attraction for this kind of a person. And it doesn't even mean that I identify with this body that I was born in. I feel different. And so I'm going to evolve in a different way. So, yeah, talk about some dynamic Shakti energy. And I want to reference, it's actually beautiful segment I heard on New Dimensions Radio that you recently did with Anadea Judith, who is an amazing teacher and happens to be a friend of mine as well. And she offered this frame that just blew my mind, which was that, you know, we're moving from the static feminine, which was sort of oneness with mama, oneness with the earth, we might say the goddess-based cultures where things were, you know, just all good all sweet and in heart and some kind of harmo- harmony and then the evolutionary movement from that was this, what she calls the dynamic masculine. It's kind of like the little boy growing up and saying, mom, I got to go out on my own and I'm going to go do this. Now that also came with a lot of warring energy and the, the institution of the patriarchy and all the wounded aspects of that masculine, right? And then the next step we've been in is the static masculine where all those rules and limitations and you got to be a girl and you got to be a boy and girls stay home and boys go to work and all these rules, that's what she was Was calling, as I understood it, the static masculine, which is all about we're going to stop evolution. We're going to try to keep things in stasis, right? But ecstasy, right, is out of stasis. And that's where we have now what's happening the dynamic feminine. Right where she's coming in and her swirly spiraling, you know, hurricane inducing time for evolution. Me too. No, you cannot touch me like that. Um, energy that's coming in that's changing things. Right, and so blessings on all of us who are saying, yeah, I know I've got the great high, you know, powered corporate job, but I need to go be a farmer now. I got to go get one with the earth. I'm going to walk away from that. Or whatever that movement is that feels like it's taking us out of stasis, it's also frightening, but it's it's dynamic. That's evolution. That's what's happening. And I think that's the moment. And I think that this a statistic you're bringing forth is are the brave souls who are saying here's one version of what it looks like to be more dynamic. I'm a human, right? I'm a human with passions and dreams and desires who wants to be loved and give my love and don't put me in a box and tell me that it has to look like that or I have to love this person or I have to believe in this God. You know, we are all one that we know this, we are all fractals of this whole. And each one of us doing our Shakti, bringing that energy of life through us to the best of our ability in the most pure and authentic way we can is what holds the whole together.
1: You know, in the beginning of our conversation, we started with this idea of moving from powerlessness to empowerment. Mm. And what I'm hearing you say is that this is the embodiment of power, of empowering oneself and not asking for permission. It is inwardly based. It is Mm -hmm. inwardly decided. It's no longer about pleasing Mm. or trying to um, look as if source is outside of oneself. Right. And I would imagine in your work, that's pivotal, where, where it really all started from within for you.
2: Yes. And yes, true. And I just want to add this piece and just so we we don't forget that our egos can be so tricky, right? And there's this ego part of us can then say, well, I just need to speak my truth or I just have to, you know, go in this direction and, and be me. And we got to just be so tr- careful with that because I know I've done it. I've made those choices where I thought I was just being all in my empowered self and I was feeding wounds. I was feeding parts of me that just wanted love or attention or sexual attention in particular. And, you know, I was like, I just need to be in my freedom. Like that, there's a teenage quality to that energy (laughs) that we just want to be aware of too, right? So there's no easy answer for any of us on this. It's just this, like, yes, let's be. Let's keep, you know, doing our work, having conversations like this, being present to taking a pause, making sure that we're in, like we spoke about earlier, are we in the part of our brain that is mindful or mindless when we're making choices and moving? And what, and is it, is it going to, I love this expression, is it going to grow corn, you know, from our indigenous brothers and sisters? Is what is this choice that I'm making ultimately One that will grow corn? Meaning, is it going to feed other people? Is it going to feed humanity? Is it going to feed my own evolution? And these are hard questions. What you're talking about, what I'm hearing, is you're talking
1: about an evolution of love.
2: Yeah, that's great.
1: And it's not Valentine Hearts. Exactly. It is.
2: Yeah. Kick (laughs) Kick butt. I think we could say that on the air. Kick butt. Yes, kick butt. And I love love to call it fierce. Fierce love. Right? Yeah. There's fierce love. That is uncompromising. Yes. And we got to begin with ourselves on that. Yeah. Right? And when we begin with ourselves fiercely loving ourselves, the shadow parts, the good parts, the parts of us that are failing, the parts of us that go into... Shame spirals like, oh, so much work to do that, but love ourselves. Then we can evolve that into being able to have more compassion for others. Yeah, you know, look at our partner with fresh eyes, um, our children, you know, and ultimately, then yes, that 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 keeps rippling out and rippling out. I think we cannot underestimate, especially. I got to keep remi- I'm reminding myself this because the need is so great right now. The need is so great. And I know for me, like, oh, taking time for pleasure for myself, there is a part of that that's like, oh, is that just being self indulgent? Am I just moving deck chairs around on the Titanic? The whole thing's, you know go into pot and it, is that a really irrelevant use of my of my energy right now I mean there's still these parts of ourselves that are like I don't know that doesn't seem like the right thing to do in this moment it, sometimes that's true sometimes it's not sometimes the very best thing we can do coming back to what's the the, the thing to remember is yeah what is truthfully going to keep me on track what's going to bring me back to my sense of love and grow corn shift energy and sometimes it's just not taking any action at all but the more that we keep doing this work It does ripple out. That's the part I think we can't underestimate. We can't underestimate that the more that we do this, the more we get to be the change. And that is big. That does have an effect on the whole.
1: Thank you, Lisa, for being here and sharing your gifts. It is a profound time to be hearing your true knowing. And I Mm -hmm. can't thank you enough for being here.
2: I am receiving that. Thank you. Thank you so much for the invitation.
1: I've been speaking with Lisa Schrader, founder of Awakening Shakti and the author of the ebook, Getting Started with Tantra. If you want to know more about the work of Lisa Schrader, go to the website awakeningshakti.com and check out her podcast. Or you can get it through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Ray Palermo. And you've been listening to New Dimensions. This is program number
0: 3630. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. You can also subscribe to our free weekly podcasts and find over a thousand hours of audio dialogues in our searchable archive. New Dimensions is produced by New Dimensions Radio in Santa Rosa, California, USA. Our executive producer is Justine willis Toms. Our post-production editor is Lou Judson. This program was recorded at Strawberry Hill Productions, a full-service podcast production studio in Novato, California.